Welcome to the Going Somewhere podcast, a podcast for anyone who finds themselves in the ambiguous adventure of young adulthood, a season marked by uncertainty, change, love, heartbreak, and a whole lot of big decisions. Sit down with me for some real and raw conversations with some incredible people as we dig into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in this beautiful yet complicated season of life. If this podcast helps you in any way, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with friends. Be sure to join the conversation on Instagram by following goingsomewhere.podcast. We're all going somewhere. We might as well go there together. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey everybody, Steven here. Welcome to the Going Somewhere podcast. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Ty Candidate. How are you doing, Ty? Doing great, man. Appreciate you having me, bro. Dude, I am pumped to have you. I've only known you for, what, three years? Two or three years? Yeah, I think a little over three now. But I feel like it's one of those things that hearts go deep. 100%, man. Every time I'm around you, I just love being with you. So Appreciate that. Tell me, the audience that doesn't know you, Yeah. tell them about yourself. Uh, who are you? Tell us about your family. Yeah, for sure. So... You guys could probably, your audience can probably pick up on the country accent. So what? not from, yeah, surprise, uh, not from North Dakota. Um, I'm from a small town in Southwest Virginia uh, called Grayson County. Uh, to be more clear, it's called Elk Creek, but no one knows where Elk Creek is. So I say oh, Grayson County. We all know County. where Grayson County yeah, is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Home sense. of the wild ponies, you know, like just a lot of cool outdoorsy stuff. But yeah, so I'm, I'm 27, uh, born and raised there. So super small town in the mountains. Um, not too much to do. So you definitely develop a love for the outdoors and sports and anything that can get you outside of the house because there's no internet inside the house. Um, so, (laughs) so that was, you know, me growing up. Um, I'm now married to my wonderful wife named Laura. Apparently I say her name a little funny too. Um, I have an 11 month old named Maya. So if there's some like bags under my eyes, you know, why? why. yeah, yeah. Not sleeping all the time. Um, but that's been awesome. We now live in Grayson County. Uh, sorry, graduating from Radford, I majored in public relations, which I know we share some common ground there. <laughs> All PR the ground. majors. PR majors, um, baby. Which has been cool. I, I always called it the secular ministry major uh, because <laughs> I've never really used it in its entirety, but it's really been, well, I guess now a little bit more. But That's literally um, what my pastor friend, Josh Haldall, who kind of helped me navigate like a calling to ministry while on a secular campus, he's like, you should just major in PR and advertising. It's like <laughs> ministry, you know, disguise. I love it, man. I love it. And that's how I always looked at it, you know. So then that kind of propelled me into ministry um, and now a combination of ministry and real estate, which still, you know, the PR is still being used in real estate as well. So Yes, sir. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. I, I actually got to know you through Cole Sherbensky. Yep. Cole went uh, to a Chi Alpha event called RUI. And I think he came back and I was like, hey, how is RUI? He's like, oh, Ty was amazing. Yeah. I'm like, no, how is like the trading? He's like, Ty was awesome. Yeah. He, something just struck his heart of the tie and he couldn't stop talking about you. And it was a huge God thing, obviously. Yeah, for sure. So you guys were at a Chi Alpha training and was it hunting that got you guys sparked? Yeah, man. So we were in the, we were in the food line together and uh, he was standing in front of me and we just got to talking and, and one of us said the word bow hunter, you know, and it was like our eyes just lit up. And uh, our friend Ryan Cockleman was in the line with us. He went and got his food, sat down, ate 
went outside, did something. He said he came back four hours later, and we were still there talking. So we we uh, definitely still to this day haven't run out of anything to talk about for sure. But that was the beginning of it. Wow, I love it. I mean, you got to be in his wedding. So yep. that's when I first met you. Yeah. I you guys were bowling. The bridal party was bowling, yep. and Cole invited me. I showed up. I in my mind, I I bowled a strike and basically walked out. And it was probably one of the coolest moments of my life. But, um, you know, and the cool thing, too, is that your now wife interned at Archive Alpha here in Fargo Moorhead. Yeah, a lot of connections for sure, man. Yeah, yeah, I remember thinking, like, when you walked in that bowling alley and walked out, I was like, this dude is just a boss, man. Like, he just <laughs> bowled a strike, left. I'm like, I got to get to know this guy, too. If it wasn't bowling, it would probably be, like, the coolest sports moment <laughs> in my life, you know? If it was, like, walk up to the plate and just hit a home run. <laughs> Just walk off the field. Like, oh, that guy's the coolest in the room. Bowling, awesome, it's like... Man. Yeah, a little bit. Like, ah. I don't know. Still pretty cool. Still, <laughs> still pretty cool. Still okay. Uh, man, that's awesome. But so you interned with Chi Alpha right after college. And yeah. so, you know, I think our audience, I think one of the things about young adulthood is that there's transitions and then there's decisions. You know, like those are For two... Sure. There's so many things that happen in these t- these years of our life, but... Um, decisions and and navigating like a call and purpose and wanting to our generation has this great desire to make something of ourselves but also to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves and I think sometimes we get out of college or we're in college and we're kind of navigating like okay I've got this in my heart this passion in my life this hobby that I love how do I piece it all together so I just kind of want to talk about your journey you know you're a college student yeah uh, I know you were playing basketball at the time. Yeah. Like, what happened after that point? Kind of summarize those next few years. Yeah, man. So, so my entire life was based around one dream. It was a dream that was centered around myself, you know, and and playing basketball at the highest level, which was Division One basketball in my eyes. I, every, so everything I did was focused and goal oriented around that one thing. And the funny thing is, like, I actually I got what I wanted, you know, or what I thought I wanted. And so my freshman year, I went to Radford, and that entire year, you know, it took about three days for me to realize that the thing that I had built my entire life around uh, could never, could never bring me what I wanted it to. And so I had mm. created an idol out of this thing, and really worshipped it in a sense, and it could never fulfill me in the way that I wanted it to. And so. I feel like the entirety of that year, that was what I always look back to as like the worst 10 months of my life. Um, But I wouldn't trade not one second of it because um, every day, every moment, really, like the Lord was just stripping me of this false identity that I had built up and this identity of just like, I just wanted to be tied to the basketball player, you know? And and so I had everything I did, it was just just so centered around that. And, And the Lord took just friendships and relationships and, and just so many moments that year and just broke that down to at the end of that year, I got to the place where I was like, man, like I'm, I'm going to finish the year. I don't want to quit, uh, but I'm, I'm done, you know? And so I went and told coach that I was done and uh, come back to my dorm and just start looking at myself in the mirror, you know? And I'm like, man, I literally don't know who I am. I don't have basketball. I'm 20 years old. Uh, what's, what's next, you know? And, and that summer, long story short, I end up I end up volunteering to uh, lifeguard at this church camp, and and in four short weeks, uh, I see exactly what the Lord was doing over the course of those ten months because He just absolutely radically changed my life. He brought people wow. in my life that loved Him and and pursued Him and 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 just talked about Him in a way that I had never experienced. And so, 
it just showed me such quick redemption and like why I went through what I did that year because it brought me to this place of really like desperation for, for something. And God finally showed me that there's an identity that we can have that's secure and can't be shaken. And, and so that carried me from that, that portion on. All I wanted to do in college was tell people about Jesus. Everyone I, I partied with my freshman year, I wanted to come back my sophomore year and just tell them, hey, like you remember when we would wake up just broken over and over again? Like there's, there's something so much better. Wow. You know, remember when we would go out and do this, this, and this, or the way that we talk about girls, like I've got something that's so much more fulfilling. And so I would, I just came back and I was just so excited uh, because I knew I had found what I had always been looking for. And I knew that I just wanted to share that. And, and so that carried me throughout college with getting involved with Chi Alpha. And I graduated in three years. So those were okay. two years and two years of my college career after my first year. And I remember getting to the end and I was like, this can't be the end, you know? Like, I, I've found what I have always been looking for and what I've always wanted to do, uh, which is just is share this. Like, I want to share this with college students because I know that there's hundreds, if not thousands, of college students coming in every single year just asking, like, man, like, what's my purpose? Why am I here? Uh, or they think they know why, you know? And yeah. it's to get a degree or to, to make money or to be successful uh, by the world's standards. But... I just knew that, like, I hadn't, I didn't figure it all out, but God literally just showed me, you know, this is it. This is why you're on the college campus. Um, and so, yeah, that, that propelled me into to college ministry. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of the, sorry, that was a little long-winded, no, but that was, that I was love it. it. It's, it's such good context, too. I think even, you know, as young adults, too, like, your transformation story was kind of mixed in the middle of it all. Like, yeah. you're in that place, of course, making decisions about your future, career, all these things, but also like the central moment of Jesus transforming your life is kind of the defining moment, which is a pretty cool thing to look back at a season and be like, that's, I wish we could all say that, like that this is Jesus is like the defining thing. Um, So going into ministry, you didn't necessarily say like, this is the type of ministry or this is the, 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 organization that I want to be with forever you were just like right. I need people to tell about this amazing person that's changed my life yeah so it was like man going off of what you just said it just kind of reminded me so so going so my 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 in high school what I would always say in my I think it was actually my my quote in my yearbook in my senior yearbook was my biggest fear is that I will look back at the end of my life and realize that my life had no impact at all so but what I also realized is by living like that it was still a very like self-focused way to make an impact, if that makes sense. So right. I wanted to make an impact so bad, and I didn't know how until finally I had came to the end of myself. And then I realized, man, if I live a life that's hidden in Christ and a life that, that is built on the rock and that points to him and, and that he, if he's central in everything I do, I never have to worry about that again because because my life won't be my own and it won't be for myself and I'll live unselfishly uh, if that's what I pursue. Yeah. And so that's what carried me into college ministry was like, man, you know, I could, I feel like I could, I was like, man, I just, I just want somewhere, somewhere to tell people about the Lord. And it just, I guess the carryover for me just, just clicked. It was just like, man, these college students are here. I had this story about how the Lord transformed my life in college and I feel like it's the most strategic mission field in the world. You know, you've got okay. people that that God is sending from not just across the state, but from across the world. And 
countries that we can't even get into sometimes, and he's bringing them all to the college campus. And we're, we're on a level playing field. We're friends. We're building community together. And now we have an opportunity to show them what it looks like to let the gospel be central in their lives too. Yeah. Um, and so when they leave after their four years of college, it's like, man, now they can go back to, to Thailand, to the ends of the earth, and, and they can share with their family about who this Jesus guy is. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it just made so much sense, you know. Amazing, and, yeah. And it was just exactly where I needed to be for that portion of my life. And I wouldn't trade not one minute of it. Dude, I love it. And, you know, in our FM Chi Alpha, you know, one of the things that we say is like, find Jesus, find family, find purpose. And I think, you know, you were doing that in like an expedited For sure. time period. But, you know, the purpose portion, like when did, you know, so obviously you, you spend time working with Chi Alpha and then what kind of happened after that and like what kind of led to where you're at now? Yeah, so... We, I was a Calpha pastor for, I think it was four years total. I was an intern, yeah, then two years, and then another year. So the last year, I ended up, I got, I got married um, to Laura, and we had to backtrack a little bit. You know, you had touched on the connection with Cole, and so over the years, I had started to volunteer a bit with the AO1 Foundation, and my other passion that we haven't touched on quite as much yet is just the outdoors. And hunting specifically, but not just for what it is, you know, uh, but for everything that it, the values and things that it instilled in me um, and the things that it taught me and, and just having a passion to teach that to others and show them what it looks like kids that maybe come from a family that that have never hunted or, you know, maybe they're from the city where they didn't have the same access to be able to do that. Um, those things were, were always tugging at my heartstrings. So even through the years I was a college pastor, I was always looking for opportunities to bring in, bring students home for Thanksgiving, you yeah. know, and, and take them hunting, you know, for the first time. And that yes. was, that was always just one of the coolest things, you know, and I started volunteering with AO1 Foundation a little bit and it just kind of the first, so the first trip I went on was a bear hunt. Um, it was in Tazewell, and I just remember coming back from that. Where, where was it at? Tazewell. For, yeah, like everybody knows. <laughs> oh, Tazewell. It was yeah, in, yeah, 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 Tazewell. It was in the middle of nowhere in Virginia. Yeah. We'll, we'll put it that way, right on the West Virginia line. And we, we, we brought some awesome kids from Philly. And I just remember coming home from that trip just so filled up, you know. And I was like, man, if I could do this for the rest of my life, if I get the opportunity, like this is it, you know. Like this is where my two passions collide. And end up just over the years, I got an opportunity to do an internship with AO1. And then at the end of my last year as a college pastor, uh, me, me and Laura just began to talk about it. Found out that we were having a daughter as well. And uh, those things all kind of filtered into the decision of, hey, like, I just feel like the Lord's transitioned us, you know, to, to something new, to a new season. And so we ended up coming toward the end of that year. An internship opened up with AO1, and we spent a lot of time just talking with people, talking amongst ourselves and praying about it, uh, and just felt like it was the perfect opportunity to transition to, to, to just a place of passion that I loved, um, and just to walk through that door and see what the Lord did with it. So that's kind of how it all began with AO1, was just walking into the internship that year, yeah. um, and just kind of seeing what happened, you know, and, and just really feeling a ton of peace about it. Uh, before, you know, and not to dive too deep, but before finding out, you know, that our daughter was going to have the Down syndrome diagnosis, you know, and 
uh, a lot of other things that played into that. We just saw God's goodness as he led us in that season. And as we kind of touched on before even the podcast started, a lot of stuff even makes more sense now looking back in hindsight. Right. Because you can see what God was doing and how he was moving stuff around. And now you look back and you're like, that makes so much sense. You know, right. at the time, it was just more so peace than it was like logical sense. But now you can see it. So, Well, one of the, you know, one of the things that you mentioned was just like that marriage of like purpose and passion and like Jesus, you know, yeah. and like the things that you're most important about. It's one of the questions I love to ask people, especially young adults, is just like it may not become your career. And for you, it wasn't something that was just like the open door was like full time with benefits. Like, let's yeah. just jump in. But I always like to ask people, like, what are you most passionate about? Like, what are the things in your life that you love to do that you could spend copious amounts of time and yeah. money doing? And how can you tie that to the gospel? Because yeah. I think sometimes we tend to live like these separated lives. Like Absolutely. for me, one of them is sports. Like for years, sports like you was just like the pinnacle. Yeah. Like this is what I wanted with my life. But then it transformed into more of like, okay, I know I can't play it, but I'm still going to be really engaged. Yeah. And what was really cool while I was in college was just seeing how God opened doors of like, I had this passion for sports, but I also had this deep interest in like the behind the scenes of sports and also the life of an athlete. Because I, I think oftentimes, especially at D one school, like NDSU that has a pretty yeah. big football program, like everybody just kind of like looks at them and it's like, wow, I just had this like deep seated thought, even without Jesus in the mix of like, their life is so much more than just football. And then the heart of like, they need Jesus just as much as any of us. And so God just opened these doors with specifically football guys and now basketball guys. And like, he's kind of brought this together. And it's one of my favorite things that one of my passions has been merged with Jesus, you know? So what is your advice to somebody that's maybe out there going like, man, I love to hunt or I love to do this or that. Like how, how, how would you go about that? Yeah, that's so good, man. And that's something that I think even now I'm still figuring out. But one thing that I learned was exactly what you had, had mentioned is is we have such a tendency, and I had such a tendency to just compartmentalize those different areas. You know, when I went hunting, I would go hunting. When I when I went and played basketball, I would play basketball. And, and one thing I realized was that um, it was just void of – when I would do that – and make that the end goal in and of itself, it, it was void of joy, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. And so I had talked to one of my mentors about it. Her name's Joy Schroeder, and she's super special to me, and I'll probably reference her Shout a out few Joy more Schroeder. times yeah. uh, in, in this podcast for sure, just because she's taught me and entrusted me with so much. But she, I talked to her about it. I said, Joy, I said, I'm just having a really hard time when I, when I go out and when I'm going hunting or when I'm going fishing, you know, I, I'm just having a hard time connecting that to my relationship with the Lord. And she just looked at me and as she could do, just simplifies everything, you know, but she was like, Ty, just take Jesus with you. And I don't know, it was just like a light bulb moment. And it was like, man, like whether I'm on the basketball court, whether I'm going hunting, whether I'm going fishing, like I can always just take Jesus with me there, you know, like I can I can be just meditating on on the word, or I can even take a Bible with me to that place. Um, there's just there's just so much there's just so much there that's left on the table when we make those things just in and of themselves the end goal. Um, but I, yeah, that was that was like just such a light bulb moment because I just really felt 
I just really felt like um, I had just missed the mark before then. Mm. And it was the Lord beginning to redeem some of those things that I had always loved, but I had always turned into a place of really idolatry, you know? Yeah. And so the Lord in that moment just started bringing redemption into those different areas, sports and, and hunting and fishing, and, uh, and just showed me, like, those things in and of themselves, like, they're not necessarily bad or good, but like he wants to, he wants to come with me to that place and teach me and, and above all, like his desires for a relationship, you know? And so, yeah, yeah, that's, I think, sorry, that's a bit long winded way to go around that. But I, yeah, I just, I think that, that the passion that God gives us for those things is God given, but we also have to be intentional in recognizing that like we have to continue to take him with us to that place instead of just making those things the things that are like our end goal. Love it. And I, I do feel like there's like a fine line between the things that we're really passionate about and idolatry or like yeah. putting it in a place that it shouldn't be. Um, but I think like you were saying, the best way to safeguard our passions, our hobbies, the things that we love to do from becoming something they're never intended is to bring Jesus with us. Yeah. It is to invite Jesus and his presence into those things. And yeah, I think it varies. Like if you're into, you know, quilting, it's like, well, how does that work? You know, like yeah. we have a quilting ministry at our church. There's a bunch of gals that have been doing it for years. They come together weekly and it's a small group. They quilt together. And what they end up doing is they end up donating so many of the quilts to areas in need and, and ministries in need and churches and you know, organizations that can use it for good and for the kingdom. And like it's sometimes it's easy as that. And sometimes it's literally like, I love pickleball, man. Yeah. Like I want to yeah. play more pickleball. It's like, well, have a joyful attitude when you're yeah. playing pickleball. Be aware of the people around you and how you can build relationships with them and just enjoy that thing and, and make it honoring to God. So it's like pickleball might be an odd, you know, yeah, one. But yeah. I still I just haven't played anything. So just, yeah, Dude, yeah, pickleball, man. If you haven't played pickleball, you got to play it. Yeah, I'll get in there. Um, no, that's awesome. But what... So what does your role with AO1 look like now? Because I know we've kind of been leading into yep. just a, a little bit of the idea of like your passion for hunting and fishing and obviously your passion for Jesus yeah. and seeing people know him. Um, so what does that role look like for you with AO1 now? Yeah, for sure. I want to touch on one more thing yeah, before we please. get there on what you had or what we had just talked about is that, well, two things. One I had I'd heard a quote a couple weeks ago, and I just absolutely love it. I've been thinking about it, and I think it applies perfectly uh, to those things. And, um, it's He had talked about, and I think it might have been Matt Chandler, but he talked about how a lot of times with the Lord, we'll, we'll like do like a priority sheet, say, for example. And so we'll put him number one, and then we'll just list off everything else, one through ten, right? And he said, that's not necessarily a bad thing. He said, but more so. Jesus wants to be the paper in which those things are written upon. Wow, yeah. And I just thought that was awesome, man, because I was like, that that's it, you know? Like, it's not just, of course he wants to be Lord over all, and, and he deserves that, and, and we need to, to make sure he is that in those things. But he also wants to be central in those things, you know? Yep. And so whether it's pickleball or, you know, uh, my marriage or friendships, relationships, all the way down the list, like, if he's central in all those things... Like, that's it. You know, that's, we've got it nailed. And so I just thought that was Love a really it. cool example, a way to look at that. And along with all those other things that we had just touched on, I think what I had realized too is that in each of those, 
an awesome way to bring Jesus with you is just to value and treasure relationship with people and just inviting other people into those places as a way to love them and bring them into family and teach them. And really, at the end of the day, relationships are the only thing that we can take with us to eternity. You know, like these, the things that we have, the, you know, the clothes and the money and, and the treasures that we have here on earth will pass away. Um, but the, the people that we've invested in, you know, as they give their life to the Lord and we can take those with us, you know. And, yeah. and so I always want to live that way. It's like, man, even if I only have 30 minutes with you, you know, and I don't see you again until next year. Like, I want to invest everything I have. I want to add value. I want to listen. I want to be present for those 30 minutes, you know. And I feel like if we invest that way and live that way, um, that's a heck of a way to live, man. You know, like that's, how, sure. that's how Jesus lived. And, and I think in, in all those things and everything we do, uh, just, just, just living like that and valuing relationships. And then to you get to your question, so I just really no, want yeah, to love share it, that. Man. Um, so my role with AO One now, I don't know my what my official title is. I don't really care. Um, but I get to take kids. So I'm on the East Coast, and so I I do outdoor ministry on the East Coast, and so I get to take kids from the greater Indianapolis area, who have life altering medical hardships. So a lot of these kids are either have or are battling or have battled in the past cancer, uh, see some with cystic fibrosis, um, just a, and then just medical conditions that I could never even dream up, you know, just, mm-hmm. just, just crazy medical conditions that these kids have to battle and fight through on a daily basis. And we take these kids and we take them on hunting and fishing trips around the country, really. And so all the way from New Mexico to Virginia to Tennessee to Florida, um, we take them on what we call trip of a lifetime, you know. Um, and really the cool thing and that, that I think about these trips is, and, and my heartbeat is that these aren't just like a one-and-done trip. You know, like we don't just bring these kids in, have three days with them on a hunt, and just say bye, good luck with the rest of your lives, you know. It's a, really an entry point into a relationship with these kids that we can walk with them and teach them and, you know, give them a foundation to stand on in the midst of the storms that we know that they're already fighting. Yeah. And to fight with them in those storms, too. And so that's that's what I do now alongside some other things. Uh, Camp Conquerors, you know, I get the chance to do that, which is just <laughs> amazing. Um, and, yeah, so that's that's what my role looks like with AO1 now, just currently expanding and just continuing to pour into the Indianapolis kids um, and take them on these trips. Yeah, when I – you know, just seeing you do that, it's like you're made for it. It's so fun because one, you're just great with the kids, but also the experiences themselves. Like I know the first one and Cole Shabensky is the same way. Lexi's yeah. the same oh, way. Yeah. But when you did the, um, was it the bear hunt? You guys had like a rainy day Yeah. and you're just like, I have an idea. You know, you guys did a cook off. Yeah. You went to the grocery store, you got some food, the kids got some food and you had a cook off. Like, it's those things that take those trips from like, yeah, it's a hunting trip, you know, and we have intentional devotional time, like some of that stuff is built in, but it's the moments that you're creating along the way that I think are making like a lasting impact. And so it's really cool to see you kind of incorporate, you know, you and your heart and your passions beyond hunting and fishing into everything that you're doing. It's so fun. Thanks man. man. I appreciate that a lot. And you know, another thing too is like, it's crazy. The, you know, we're like, hey, we want to do a hunt in Illinois. Or, you know, and you're like, oh, I know a guy. 
We were like, my wife makes fun of me for that all the we time. We want to do, a, you know, we're trying to do a hunt in this month. Like, oh, I got a guy in New Mexico. Like, what? You know, it's so like <laughs> the connections that you have, not only like where you live, because you've put on some incredible trips there, but just across the country, Florida. I know we did one out in Virginia Beach recently. Um, you know, talk about that a little bit. I think as young adults, like, we think about relationships and then I feel like there's this worldly side of networking. And I think we give networking a really bad rap because I think networking oftentimes is like, you know, butter up relationship to get something from them. But I've seen your network of people be this incredible web of relationships that never was intended to be used for AL one purposes, but God's being glorified through these farmers and these landowners that I think, you've even mentioned like stories of them being blown away and, you know, emotional because they never in a million years thought that their family ranch yeah. would be the place that God is going to move in, in a teenager's yeah. life. Can you just talk about the power of, of relationships in that way in your life? Yeah. Golly, man. Yeah. This is the one. That and and if like. you have any stories, if you have an individual story on that, regard, for sure. Awesome. And that's why I was, it's crazy because some of those guys, like it's, it's even like God had laid it on their heart to approach me, you know, like it's just, it's just so wild how just amazing these relationships are. But I think so you had mentioned networking, you know, and, and what's funny is like at my teenage years, like my dad had always kind of just talked to me about the importance of, he used the word networking, you know, he's like, it, it ain't about, you know, it ain't about who, it ain't about what you, what you know, it's who you know. You yeah, know? Yeah. And, and everyone kind of hears that yeah. in their own way, kind of thrown around. Um, and, and that definitely has some value, but I think exactly what you said is, is that what that does is it, it creates more of a one-sided, like, what can this person do for me approach. And so I feel like when the Lord redeemed a lot of things my freshman year, He also the other thing He re- redeemed was relationships. And one thing that He showed me through, once again, some time with Dick and Joy Schroeder in, in Montana, they always used the, the phrase that relationships are the currency of the kingdom of God, is what they mm, would say. Yeah. And they began to say it, and what was so powerful is, you know, you hear somebody say something, and it, it holds some weight, but then you see them live like that, and then it changes who you are. And so I realized that this wasn't just something that they would say because it was a, a good catchphrase, you know, or something fun to say, but it was how they had lived their whole life. And they're, you know, they were about 70 years old at the time. Dick has, has passed away now. Um I realized that that because they had lived like that, they had amazing people across the world that had been impacted by them as a byproduct of just them trying to add value wherever they were. They would they would show up at a place and even a friend's house and and they would never show up expecting to be served or catered to or um they would never show up expecting to be to be served or catered to or held in this high regard, they would always show up and they would ask, how can I add value and how can I make these people feel loved and valued? Yeah. And I mean, as I even say it, you just literally think of Jesus, you know, and, and that's how he lived. You know, he could have came and I, th- I just think of uh, Philippians 2, you know, and 1 through 10 and, and how, it, you know, he, he could have he held equality with God as something to lord over these people. But instead he took the nature of a servant. He showed up and he served. And it's like, man, like, what a way to live. And that's, so I, I, I realize that, man, 
this is how I want to do relationships for the rest of my life. And anyone I meet, it doesn't matter if they're totally different from me. Like, we don't have to have a ton of things in common. But I want to be able to add value to them. And I want to make them feel welcomed. And I want to make them feel loved. And that's just how I wanted to develop relationships. And so over the course of time, God would just continue to bring these amazing people into my life. Whether it was through Chi Alpha, uh, some of the guys would be in my small group. Ethan Ratliff is an awesome example. He was in my small group for one semester, and then he transferred schools. And it was just like, and now we're literally best friends. And it's just like God would bring these people in for a season, but I had realized even if they were only in my life for a season, I was going to invest in them, and they were going to invest in me like it was for eternity. Yeah. And because of that, it was never like, a, all right, you know, go on your way. Um, good luck with the rest of your life. And then, hey, call you five, down, five years down the road if I need something. It was always like, man, like we're going to pick back up where we left off. And God was just developing those relationships and just weaving people together that I would have never imagined. And um, Ethan, like I said, is just an awesome example. You know, at the time, he had, he had transferred to another college. And over the years, we began to get a little bit closer. We started hunting together. And then... Um, he, he just had a, a realization, and actually on one of the AO1 trips, it was the first one that I had went on to, and after that trip, he had rededicated his life to the Lord, and that just brought us even closer together, and we were like, hey, man, like, God's blessed us with a lot of stuff, you know, like, yeah. he's blessed us with some land, you know, and, and some relationships, and like, man, what am I at the end of the day, but just a steward of all those things, and so anything that I have, and, and this is, you know, me and Ethan talking, so he's saying this too, is like, man, anything I have, whether it's land, whether it's connections, whether it's relationships, I want to hold them open-handed before the Lord because ultimately they're His, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what has created just this awesome um, just opportunity across the country when it comes to hunting and fishing and, you know, even if we're traveling across the country, you know, a house to stay in or even when we come to North Dakota, you know, we've got all you guys out here. Um, but it was I think it's just always been because of just the, the realization like, man, I didn't do anything to get these awesome people. And at the end of the day, like if I hold them with a closed fist, like I'm only, you know, it's just not going to do anything. And so I'm just I just want to be open handed before the Lord, knowing that he is what brings these things. And he's what molds these things. And if I'm open-handed before him, like if it's not, you know, if he wants to continue, then he'll 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 be the one to to continue to to just do what he does. And yeah. yeah. So that was yeah, that's been the realization with those things. And that's carried into just some awesome stories. One more story is uh, my friend Adam Gamble and Aaron Gamble, they're brothers, and, and they're from where I'm from, but we never knew each other growing up, and we had, had done a few FCA retreats together and gotten pretty close over the past couple of years, and when I moved back to my hometown and started with AO1, I had made a list of the people that, that I would love to to connect with because of their hearts and because of the some of the farms and different things that they had, and yep. to see if they would want the kids to come out, and Aaron was number one on the list. He was the one that I had put at the very top. Uh, they run a, a big cattle operation. They have a beautiful, beautiful farm. And I know his heart is just so for the Lord. And he just loves those kids. And and so I had him on my list. And I was going to call him, you know, a couple weeks down the road. And and he, like, reaches out. He calls me. And this is – I hadn't contacted him. And he says, man, 
He said, I just feel like the Lord has laid it on my heart. He said, I want to open up our farm for you to run these AO1 hunts here. I'm like, what? I was like, dude, literally, I'll send you a picture. Like, I had, yeah. I had your name at the top of my list to do this, and God in his goodness, like, he just went before, you know, and he, he opened up Aaron's heart to where Aaron was the one throwing the idea out there. And that was just so cool. And Aaron, as we've talked about it, and we had a hunt there last year, was just in tears, you know, thinking about this is this family farm that his family's had for over 250 years. And he's like, man, like, I realize now that, like, God wants to do so much more on this farm. And so he just talks about how through these hunts and through these partnerships, like, he's seen God's redemption even of, of his family's farm and how God wants to use it for his glory. And he's seeking out more opportunities in ways that he can do that. Yeah. And so it's just so crazy, man. There's so mm-hmm. many examples like that that God just has used those relationships and, and just all for his glory and, and for this foundation. And it's been just awesome. Dude, I love it. And I, I think of the story of Moses and just like God, you know, saying, what's in your hand? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we can look around and be like, well, I'm not as talented as this person, or I don't have the platform, a word that is thrown around a lot of this person. or, And, and so we just kind of like belittle ourselves and yeah. belittle our calling. But when we take inventory of what we do have, and like Aaron, like, hey, this land can be so much more than just a good farmland where we make yeah. good profit and we leave a generational, you know, inheritance for our kids and their kids. No, this can be something that's kingdom you know, has kingdom purpose today and beyond. And dude, I love, I love that. And I know you could go on and on with stories and kids lives being impacted and, um, stuff like that. I know camp, you know, camp conquerors, you're a hit there. Uh, we do pieing <laughs> at the end. So if, if kids it's do a what country we call accent, morning, man, I'm convinced that's the only reason <laughs> if we do morning dip where the kids like jump in the lake, they get to pie a counselor, a staff member on the last day and yeah. Ty shouldn't even wipe his face. All the kids are coming for him, but no, I mean, it's, it's not only, yeah, it's your accent. What do, what do they make you say all the time? Uh, what is it? I'm Ty. Uh, Ty. Oh, they say, Oh yeah, I'm Ty. I like to catfish. That's why they call me Whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> that's just for any of the cappers that are going to watch this. Oh, and that's James, That's Dr. James Miles' fault yes. for all you guys, just so you know, that he would say that over the radio in the loudspeakers so the kids would say it. It's, oh, man, well, it's a trip. Anytime you walk in a room, all the kids, it's like, ta, ta, <laughs> like the whole chapel, like every kid is like, ta, you know. <laughs> So no, I but it's also your infectious personality and just like your love for people. It's so evident that when you're around you, and I know for the kids' standpoint, it's like Thanks, when you're around Ty, like you are loved. You're in the inner circle. You make everybody feel like the inner circle. And dude, I just I have a ton of respect for you and Laura. And you know, I know we didn't really dive into it, but you know, raising Maya um, with Down Center, it's just like the challenges of parenting are still there and it's a whole nother level and you guys are just handling it with grace i know it's not easy but man like we're cheering you guys on and and loving you guys and loving um just seeing god's hand on your life as you guys journey together thank you bro that really means a lot for sure got one question for you we always like to end it this way Yep. what's a piece of advice you would give to 20 year old ty so 20 year old ty that was that was the year that i actually had had given my life to jesus and so that that year, that's a special year to me for sure. It's June twenty fourth, um, twenty sixteen, 
that summer. Sorry, 2015, that summer. The advice that I would give to the first the first half of me, sorry, that year, the first half of me that year, and all the years before that and even now and forever, um, two things. I think they kind of go hand in hand, but uh, I think it's Psalm 24.1. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers build in vain. And I think that verse mixed with a story that Jesus tells in Matthew 7, I think. It's Matthew 5 through 7 somewhere. And he, and he's, uh, yeah, it's Matthew 7, uh, Sermon on the Mount. And he's, he's talking about the wise and the foolish builders. And, and he, he gives the example of, of this one guy who, who continually, he, so he builds his house on, on sand. The storms come, the waves come, and it knocks it down. The other guy builds his house upon the rock. The storms come, the waves come, and his house stands. And I think the combination of those two things, one, build your house on the rock. And what that means or what it, it should have meant to me and what it means to me now is that no matter, no matter what, no matter what it takes, build your house on the one thing that you know will be standing and secure at the end of the day. And I think for the first 19 years of my life, the main way I could have done that is an identity mm-hmm. because I had built my identity in a way, all, all the places I had built my identity as a, as a ladies man in my own head, at least, um, in sports, they were all fleeting. They were all temporary and they, they didn't really, they were all self-focused. And what I didn't realize at the time is that I can have an identity that's secure I can have one that's not shaken, and I I can have one as a child of God, which is a son. Mm-hmm. And that that identity is not determined by my success. It's not determined by my failure. It's not determined by my performance. It's not determined by my lack of performance. Yeah. And at that time, and even now, I have to remind myself, because I have by no means had that figured out. Um, but man, what a weight that would have lifted off my shoulders, because my whole identity was determined by my performance. And so my life was an absolute roller coaster, an absolute roller coaster. And, and I would get super cocky and, and big headed when, when I was doing well. And when I had a bad game or when I did something wrong, I would get super low because my identity was my performance. And I think, I mean, I would say a good bit of people in this world struggle with that and live, yeah. their, life, live their whole life like that. And so the, the second part of that is the psalm that talks about unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers build in vain. And I, that's how I want to I want to live through the filter of that lens for the rest of my life. Yeah. Unless God builds it, it's in vain. I don't I don't want it. Even if it's even if it's something re- that I think is really good, even if it's something that that I feel like is you know not necessarily sinful. If if it's not God building it, then I I don't want it because I know. I know at the end of the day, it's it's not going to last or it's going to bring harm. And so, yeah, man, that's those are the two things. And the advice Love that it. I would give give all your listeners is, man, like build upon the rock and let the Lord build it. Because like at the end of the day, I can bring whatever I have to the table. You know, I can bring I can bring my little my little two fish. You know, my little two loaves and five fish or whatever, and it feed you know a few people me and you maybe could have some lunch but man if I bring if I let God multiply yeah. whatever I have what little strength I have what, what little I have to offer then man we can change the world you know um, and I truly believe that 
but I do think that it starts with with just the person that's right next to you. There, that's the place to start. So, love it. This has been a blast, Ty. Thanks, Thanks for coming on. I know you you came all this way just to be on the podcast. Yeah, all absolutely, the way from Virginia. bro. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Twenty, no. however many hours. <laughs> I don't even know. Well, we have a huge budget. Yeah. No, well. <laughs> no we. I, I love you. Um, I know I've been looking forward to having you on and down the road looking forward to have laura on with you Can't but wait. man appreciate you appreciate the man you are the person you are um all that you do but hey listeners you, hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you did share it tell somebody about it um but as always we'll see you again next time on the going somewhere podcast next time thanks Steve. appreciate you brother man love you love you bro